We're in John chapter 6. We'll be looking at the feeding of the 5,000. In chapter 5, however, we have an exclusive witness of who Jesus is. John the Baptist has proclaimed who Jesus is. The miracles, the works of Jesus, his healings, etc., have proclaimed who Jesus is. And then we have the witness of God the Father of who Jesus is. God who sent his only begotten Son also proclaimed the deity of Jesus. And now we move as Jesus moves and he's leaving the Judea area. He's going up into the Galilee, across the Sea of Tiberias, or the Sea of Galilee, whichever you prefer. And there are great crowds, great multitudes that are flocking to Jesus. And they're flocking to him because he continues to heal the infirm, the sick, and the diseased people. So let's pick it up in John chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. Then a great multitude followed him because they saw the signs which he performed on those who were diseased. And Jesus went up on the mountain. There he sat with his disciples. Now the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. Here we read that the the multitudes, and it's near Passover, And there are multitudes in Israel at this time. And they're flocking to Jesus. The word has got out and people are coming to hear Jesus. They're making their way up to Jerusalem again for this Passover feast. One of the large feasts of the year. And there's crowds everywhere in Israel at this time. And the news has got out. Jesus of Nazareth, he heals the sick. And if you were sick, or if you had a disease, you sought out Jesus. Because good medical care, it was absent in that part of the world at that time. And so Jesus is being pressed hard by the crowds that are sick or diseased or whatever. And we read that a great multitude followed Jesus. One, to hear his teachings. They wanted to hear what this uh, prophet, as they looked upon him, had to say. And perhaps get close enough to him to be healed of their disease. Today we have third world countries where almost every adult has some form of sickness or disease. Almost every adult in many of the third world nations have some kind of physical ailment. And this is reflected in their life expectancy. Uh, Many nations, the life expectancy is around 40, 45, and that's the way it was in Israel at this time. And these remote countries do not have 
what we have here, good medical care. So we can understand why these throngs of people want to be near Jesus who heals the sick. But this multitude that surrounds Jesus caused him to retreat, go to a mountain, go to a mountaintop and be alone with his disciples. He's in a place of solitude and he's uh, enjoying a little retreat away from the crowds. But the multitudes, they're finding their way to him even there in this mountainous area. They're finding Jesus. So let's read verses 5 through 9, chapter 6. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes, and seeing a great multitude coming towards him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But he said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may have just a little. And one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish. But what are they among so many? Jesus is taking an opportunity to teach and demonstrate truth. Truth of who he is and truth that applies to each and every one of their lives. And in particular, he wants his disciples to see who he is. And he says, Philip, singles out Philip, where do we buy bread for these people to eat? Philip happened to be from that area of the Galilee. And he's confronted by Jesus as to how to feed this multitude. Philip obviously has been pondering this situation. He's been thinking of a way to feed this crowd. And he answers Jesus, 200 denarii or 200 days of wages would not buy enough food or bread for everyone to have all he wants. 200 denarii would not be sufficient to give each person just a, a brunch, a snack, more or less. Now, in today's wages, 200 denarii would be forty to $50,000. That's a lot of bread that that money would buy. Now, that's provided that you could find a bakery up there in the Galilee area that could bake you that much bread. But Philip... He's been doing the math. <laughs> and Jesus wants Philip to consider, Philip to consider, what shall we do? And don't forget, this is a test for Philip. What are we going to do, Philip? Many times, to increase our faith, Jesus, being God, will bring tests even stressful situations into our lives. Philip, what do we do? First thing off, how many times do we hear Jesus ask his disciples, what should he do? Not very often. Philip's answer, 
Can we buy our way out of this dilemma? <laughs> and even if we had thousands of dollars, where would we buy the bread? And then Philip gives Jesus an amount, 200 denarii, or over six months' wages of the common man. Now, here's the question. Have you ever said, Lord, if I had a little more money, I would have no problems? Lord, if I could win the lottery... No problems. Have you ever thought about winning the lottery? First, you've got to play it. I don't play it. But anyway, you've got to play it first. Are you one of the few who really feel you could handle winning the lottery? I could handle it. I might be that person. <laughs> so we think. Most do-good charities... They solicit funds on the premise of curing some problem. And they can cure it if you will just give a little more money. Many churches press their members for more giving to do more and bigger and better ministry. And if you think money will solve your problem or problems, then you're in the same mindset as Philip. Philip had figured it out. 200 denarii, and we can maybe feed them. Philip has been with Jesus. He's seen miracles performed by Jesus that only God could do. Yet, how does he answer Jesus? We need money. That's what we need, Jesus. Andrew, Peter's brother, overhearing the conversation, he kind of chimes in. There's a lad here with five barley loaves and two small fish. Barley happened to be the cheapest of the grains. It, barley had one-third the value of wheat. So barley was a cheap grain. And Andrew has his words kind of resonate within his mind after he spoke up. And then he says, but, but what are these among so many? You know, what is this, you know, five little loaves and two fish? What are they to a multitude like this? And he's probably thinking, why did I speak up? What, what possessed me to say that? <laughs> or did Andrew think? Here's what we have, Jesus. Can you use five little barley loaves and two small fish? We don't know exactly what Andrew was thinking. But Andrew, he's looking for food. He's taking an inventory and he finds this little boy. Now, many say that a lot of people would tuck their lunch away in their sleeves and do all this. And maybe that's true. Some did. But the multitude as a whole was very hungry. But Andrew's found one little boy. And he's got five little loaves 
and two fish, and that's all Jesus needs to feed this multitude. But we have here another introduction of a person by Andrew to Jesus. Andrew was known for bringing people to Jesus for Jesus to meet their needs. So let's read verses 10 through 14. Then Jesus said, make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in numbers of about 5,000. And Jesus took loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples, and the disciples to those sitting down, and likewise of the fish as much as they wanted. So when they were filled, he said to his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. Therefore they gathered them up and filled twelve baskets with fragments of the five barley loaves which were left over by those who had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the sign that Jesus did, said, This is truly the prophet who is to come into the world. We have an order to the events here. Jesus makes the people to sit down, and they sit down in groups of fifty. And there's about 5,000 men. Now, most of these men were married. And most of these men probably had a child or two. So there's a crowd of at least probably 15,000 there. And Jesus gives thanks for the loaves and the fish that he just created. Food created by the hand of God and Jesus gives thanks for it. And then he gives these loaves and these fishes to the disciples, and they in turn give to the people. And the disciples give out as much food as the multitude wanted. When I go to a buffet, I never leave hungry. I feel it's my duty to go back through that line at least one more time. So the people were filled, and the actual word for filled is glutted. They were stuffed. This might be the only meal they get for a while, so they're taking advantage of it. And then Jesus says, gather up the fragments. Gather up the leftovers. Twelve disciples... Twelve large baskets gathered. To me, that says the, the disciples are hungry. And they also want to eat, and they each get a full basket of loaves and fishes. We're going to have a potluck today. I will not leave hungry. I can assure you that. I will have my share. I can't help myself. But these baskets that were gathered up were like large laundry baskets. I wonder if the disciples that are distributing the loaves and the fishes, are they thinking, I hope there's some left over for me? Well, there is more than you can eat, disciples. And Jesus... He does this miracle, breaks these loaves and fishes in a natural way 
that nobody seems to notice what he's doing. The disciples are not multiplying the loaves and fishes. They're just simply waiters. They're just carrying the food to the people. And when everybody is done eating, they take up the leftovers, then they realize the miracle. The disciples and the multitude realize the miracle. Even the little boy who gave his lunch has much more than what he started with. My wife is big into leftovers. She will take food home from this potluck we're going to have, I guarantee. And she appreciates leftovers being gathered up. She doesn't like to waste. But when this miracle sets in on this huge multitude, when the people realize what has happened, they have a reaction. They want to make Jesus king. And that's in verse 15. Therefore, when Jesus perceived that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, he departed again to the mountain by himself alone. This Jewish multitude, they're there, many of them going up to the Passover feast. Remember how Moses, out in the wilderness, fed the people with manna, and one time with quail, and they remember Moses' words. Moses said in Deuteronomy 18:15, "The Lord will raise up a prophet like me." And they think Jesus is perhaps that prophet. These men of Israel, they're very familiar with the deliverer Moses. And they see the miracle of the loaves and fishes being created and multiplied for their consumption. But the, them wanting to take Jesus by force and make him king causes Jesus to depart from the area to a solitary place. But this multitude of over 500 men has seen enough. And they're about to force Jesus to be their king. What are they wanting in a king? One, they want deliverance from Rome's heavy hand over them who dictate to their lives. A king who would deliver them from Rome. A king, a prophet like Moses, who will provide for them food. This prophet will give them food to eat. Now in that day, it was uh, a poor society there in Israel. And you were wealthy. You were a wealthy Israelite if you knew where tomorrow's meal was coming from. You were considered wealthy. Today, human nature really hasn't changed. Many believe in Jesus for what? For what they can get. Prosperity doctrine is alive and well. 
Faith in my faith to receive and to get. Make Jesus Lord and King so I can receive. Many people want to make Jesus King of their life where they can get. Notice everybody here in this, in this scene on this mountainside. Multitudes upon multitudes want to make Jesus Lord and King so they can receive. Everyone has eaten until they're more than full. They've eaten until they're glutted. The little boy and the disciples have partook in this miracle. But the multitude, all they want is free lunch. But all of them have enjoyed the miracle. The little boy, the disciples, and the multitude. They all have eaten until they're full. But consider the attitude of the multitude. Make Jesus king. There was no voting. They want to take him by force and make him king. The little boy, he's had a great experience how Jesus took his lunch and fed over 5,000 people. That little boy will never forget this. That is a milestone in his life, and he'll never forget the encounter he had with Jesus. The disciples, in particular Philip, who has done the math, how much money it would take to, you know, to give each person just a little. Philip has done the math. He understands the miracle. Andrew, the dis, excuse me, the disciple who uh, brought the little boy to Jesus <coughs> with expectations of see what Jesus would do. It's experienced a great miracle. The multitude, they have eaten. Eaten bread and little fish that Jesus himself created. And they want to make him a king. Because they want more free lunches. That brings us to ourselves. What do you want out of Jesus? What do you want from the king? Hopefully, it isn't that. Hopefully, you want to worship him and adore him because of who he is. Lord and God. Amen. Amen. Let me get you a stand. We'll close in prayer.